Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hello and welcome to the Deep Dive Podmere... What? Dave. So I think like a three-way bulb actually only has two lights in it, which means that there are four different combinations of lights. And special guest, Allison. Hello. And normally we would start good thing, but we have a special guest. So special guest, top of the show plugs, go. Hey, I am Little Red Book on the Green Team Legendarium, the Green Team of the Legendarium, and I also have my own podcast, which is called Word Less, which both Mark and Tori have appeared upon, and we focus on short stories um, in science fiction and fantasy. So if you want to read Poe, if you want to read uh, Remote Control, we have just a bunch of from different eras of books. And there's there's a person named Mark who is a regular host, and then there's a person named Mike who is me who has guested a couple times. Yes, yes. And there's a person named Tori. There's a person named Daniel. There's a person named Sam. At least one person named Sam in the world. Uh, just as guests, I mean. <laughs> uh, all right. Well then, let's do good things. So, Craig, go. Uh, I'm still playing the idol game. There's more. So. That's my good Yeah, thing. you should you should close that and then focus on the recording. <laughs> no, no, we're good. No, I never focus on the recording. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, not not much this week, so I'm just gonna go with the one I had like I don't know, two weeks ago. Alright, Dave, you're up. Uh, I've been watching this guy on YouTube uh pretty much most of the time. It's a guy named Ryan George and like his sketches are really sketches are like dumb and stupid and Honestly, kind of, maybe kind of. Oh man, um, he's so good. The work that he does, but they're just like they're just really dumb and cheesy and short, and they're like they're like low brain. Like you don't you don't have to go in like trying to pay attention and understand a lot of deep stuff. It's just like, what was it like being the the first guy to drive a taxi? Like what would? How do they come up with different animal sounds and and names for animal sounds? And uh, you know, it's really fun and entertaining but also kind of mindless which uh is really nice and also always keeps the runtime to about five minutes so you you know you can kind of take them in uh little bits or binge them and there are like a million quadrillion <laughs> videos that he's done so uh yeah not like not like super cranial but but still entertaining I, and i like it yeah every now and then like super cranial Every now and then, he just uh, has some surprisingly good jokes that are just hidden in his videos. And they're only, like, three, four minutes long. And it's just, oh, it's just fun. What do you want to bet there's a YouTube channel called Super Cranial? I'm not taking that bet. Uh, all right, well, sounds like it's my turn. And my good thing this week is a few good things. Uh, first off, I guested yesterday on Allison's podcast, Wordless, where we talked about... Shadows for Silence in the Forest of Hell by Brandon Sanderson, which remains one of my favorite of the short fiction. Dave, you know it is Witches and Werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that one, yeah. 
yeah, that was a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, I also did a rewatch of season one of True Detective, which is just a really phenomenally good television show. I've heard the second season isn't great. I've heard literally nothing about season three. There's a season four about to come out, according to HBO Max, and season one's great. Uh, And then also, little tiny third good thing, uh, this week's chapters were freaking amazing, guys. Rhythm of War, Brandon Sanderson, you heard of this guy? Never real, heard real of good. it. This book's long. Like I feel like we're never going to finish it. Except we're on, like, <laughs> we have, like, two more episodes. All right. Allison, what is your good thing this week? I have two good things. One is pl- uh, watching Castlevania for the first time with number number two son. The Netflix it's amazing, animated and I love series? It. Hmm? The Netflix animated series? No, this the task speed run of Castlevania one, two, and three. Uh, I mean, I don't, the, 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 guys. Like I don't do video games. games. I know you guys love them. <laughs> I, I just don't. <laughs> I would love watching that, Dave. But yeah, I, I would, I would bet Allison is isn't going to be into that. N- no, but the other good thing also involves number two son. He did the dishes without me asking him to. Now that Aww. that is a major step. That that's a good thing. It's not even Mother's Day till next month. Uh, do you guys have a dishwasher, or is it all hand washing? It's a dishwasher, but still, he emptied the dishwasher, loaded it, and started it without me asking him to. And that right, is still... I give him, <laughs> I give him one tenth of a credit for that. Dang! Did the fact that he, like he did anything though is pretty impressive. That not is what saying I'm saying. Anything about him personally? Just as having been a son myself. Yeah, it's the initiative. And still, still currently being a son to two people, even though I don't <laughs> live with my parents. Uh, did he put detergent in the machine? Yep. Oh man. Yep. Getting I went in. to the grocery store and I came back and the dishes were done, and it was amazing. Are you sure he didn't just take the dirty dishes and throw them in the trash and pretend that it was <laughs> a new batch in the, in the machine? No, he definitely <laughs> did it because I emptied the clean dishes from the dishwasher. Uh, okay, gotcha. All right. Uh, let's do chapters. I want to do chapters. These are real good chapters this week. Do you say so? I do say so. Alright. Would do you, you say so? What chapters are they? Do you say so? Uh, they're pretty good. Hey, My Cousin Vinny is also a really good thing, you guys. Yes, it is. You talk about that every week. Yeah. It's so good! <laughs> I did say that. Would you say that? <laughs> yeah, I've never seen it. Utes. <laughs> oh, is that the... Uh. Utes, Dave. Youths. <laughs> uh, all right, I we're only doing know the clips that were in the legal league episode. I, the part right, I like though is that he says the two defendants. Thanks for joining, Red. Good night, everybody. And then the judge makes the face. The judge is so good. The faces he makes, ah, oh, sublime. All right, yeah, like, chapters right. one hundred eight to one twelve this week. All right, chapter one hundred eight moments, and I gotta say that's a lot of moments. Like that's almost one whole nanosecond. True. Yeah. You guys know how many moments are in a nanosecond? A thousand. Is it 109? No. Infinity. There's infinity moments in a nanosecond. But you know oh, what? No. <laughs> 108 is closer to a nanosecond than zero moments. I can't really argue against that math. I was closer. I mean, if you want, I can go ahead and explain all of calculus to you and explain why 108 is closer to infinity than zero. Chapter I'd love to. Both in- 108. They're not. It's not. It's closer to infinity, but it's not. It's. So is this Dave? like? Are you arguing that like, the whole you get a step closer, so, you so get a step closer, so, uh, and 
Like, is this what All we're right. talking about right now? Hey, you want to hear about Achilles and the tortoise? <laughs> chapter 108. Uh, 108 moments. Okay, so let's hear and about the chapters, infinity, maybe? Just to kind of correct myself, they're both <laughs> infinitely far from infinity, but 108 is still greater than zero. All right. I, I would like to point out to the folks at home right now that before we started recording, Dave <laughs> set a time limit on his portion of this. <laughs> Hey, dead Kaladins can't jolt. No one calls Kaladin kid, except grown-up Tien hugs Whittle Kaladin. I accept that there will be those I cannot protect. Since Mike loves these chapters so much, I'll let him explain what's going on. Uh, well, at the end of last week's final chapter, uh, Dalinar... Final Empire. Yes. Dalinar and the Stormfather were trying to save Kaladin. Stormfather was like, no, let him die. And Dalinar was like, wait... What if we didn't let him die? What if we send him a vision? And so they did. And that's what this is. Uh, Kaladin gets to... So hang on. Stormfather is like the exact opposite of Taravangian, right? Because Taravangian is the ends justify the means. And uh, Stormfather is that there are only means and no ends. Stormfather is a dog with a tennis ball who won't give it back. No ends, <laughs> only means. <laughs> but yes, pretty much all the Night Radiants are like anti-Taravangian, essentially. Right, but they have ends. They just It's journey before destination. Yeah, there is destination. Journey and journey. Yes, there is destination. So there, but there is destination. With Stormfather, it just seems like, yeah, journey. <laughs> In fact, this, this uh, chapter is all about the destination. And what the journey means, which is that tiny baby TN, uh, Kaladin gets to see what probably happened to him shortly before he was killed. And they get to have a nice, like, out of out of time conversation where TN gets to explain to Kaladin that just because everyone dies at the end, it doesn't mean that the moments they shared didn't matter. Yeah. It's good. It's a very, very I good mean- chapter. I and then Kaladin swears a new oath and gets new powers. Yes. Woo! And magic happens. I have some questions. <laughs> would you like to ask them now, or would you like to ask them after you have to leave? I'll ask them now. <laughs> I'll ask them now. I'm glad you will ask them so, eventually. <laughs> so uh, Kaladin's getting, like, sh- shard plate, but the shard plate is made up of windspring. Yep. So, like... Are Honor Sprint and Windspring actually related? And are there non-sentient correlations to all uh, uh, Radiant Sprint? So, like, are Light Sprint actually, like, sentient Glory Sprint, maybe? All right. I would I would like to field this if we could. Yeah, if go I could. for it. Uh, for the most part, Dave, we don't know, but we can extrapolate and make some pretty good guesses, uh, which is that probably every order has a corresponding non-sentient spren that will make up their plate. Um, and it's probably whatever spren you've mostly seen around that person that we've been following. So for Shalon, it would be like, um, what does she have? Creation, Crea- spren. creation spren. Yeah, the little, yeah. Uh, for Dalinar, it would be uh, Glory Spren. Glory Spren, yep. Yeah. Whatever spren you third example here, spren. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we can we can make some guesses. We don't have confirmation. And also in 
The R's are can't wait. Is this the R's Arcanum? Oh, for lift, it would be Hunger Sprint. There's a word of Brandon from 2013, which says, Are all Wind Sprint really just unbodied Honor Sprint? Brandon says, No, they are cousins to one another, but not exactly the same thing. Okay. So they're, they're cousins. But all Sprint th- are cousins is... Well, yeah. Okay, Lopin. Yes, but, the Lopin. Yes, they are. But some are more cousins than others. And I think I think Selfrina has mentioned before that Wind Sprint are her cousins. Like, I think... I feel like we've read that, but I don't know. Could be mistaken. And it's not necessarily that, like, every Windrunner gets plate made of Windspren. It could be that, you know, a specific Windrunner might get a different Spren to make its plate if they if they go about their their wind running in different ways. We don't know. We haven't yeah, seen it. Because, like, you know, Skybreakers could also potentially see a lot of Windspren. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. We haven't seen much from the Skybreakers to to do much with on this front. I suspect that all Windrunners get Windsprint as their plate. I yeah, just feel like probably, that's the thing, but we don't Probably, know. but, yeah, we don't we don't know I for don't sure. Know. Maybe some of them get glue Glusprint, glue <laughs> spread. that's true. They do have uh, abra- abrasion as another shard. Like, so. I would... Say abrasion? You mean adhesion? So I'm not a lore hound, oh, but I would yeah, say... Sorry. That's the sorry. Go ahead, Elson. I would say Windsprint are basically... Baby honor spread. That's how I, I, I. That's how it is in my hand, or in my hand, in my head. Like they're <laughs> baby honor spread, and same with all the other things. Uh. Like I imagine them maturing into honor spread. Right, kind but they're like they're related. Uh, they're not exactly. Oh, well, I think. Right. But Allison, it it's her head cannon. It's fine. I think that so they're kind of like how mysteries become Chandra. Yes. Well. Yeah, I, I don't want to be contrary, but I, the word of Brandon just said. Yes, you do. No, well, word of Why Brandon just said. Now you're contrarying yourself. I, I do want to be a contrarian. Uh, <laughs> we actually are told in in book like that, like how honor spread are made, how new baby honor spread are made. Yeah, they go to the Lord Ruler and they ask for extra spice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because the Stormfather <laughs> made Sylphrena, and then other honor spread can make new honor spread sometimes. So it's like humans. Yeah. Only a lot more sometimes. Yeah. And a lot less sometimes. Maybe. I do wonder, There could though, be a wink and there could be a fade out. And there may be both sometimes. So, so Sprint are cognitive entities similar to cognitive shadows. Um, they, they're a different type of entity, as Vasher would say, but there's some similarities. So I wonder if there's that same sort of difficulty that they have making a, a new Sprint as there is making a new cognitive shadow baby. Or not... No, no, no. Correct. Correction for myself. Baby. They don't make a cognitive shadow baby. They make a physical baby, but it's made using a cognitive shadow. So I don't know. There's there's weird Craig, things happening. Don't don't go around turning babies into cognitive shadows. We don't need that. No, no, I'm not. That's I'm saying the opposite. Craig, we sound like serial killers on here a lot of the time. <laughs> All the time. And now Red gets to be a part of that. Welcome a, to the club. A bad episode to join. I'm sorry, Red. No, it's fine. On behalf of my hosts all right let's continue because yeah dave's got to go soon relatively chapter, soon. chapter one of nine mayonnaise lesh we had friends lesh we knows the answer in order for singers and humans to make peace they have to show that they can fall in love with each other uh navani concocted this whole invasion so she could bond the sibling didn't she <laughs> got him <laughs> all according to her plan she does make it good uh, not 
host. No, ha- all according how good to is cake. It? I, I love the part where she starts geeking out with with the sibling, like when she's communing, yeah. communing with them. Um, or them, not him. My apologies. Relaine wants to give Teft a proper sky burial. I don't think he knows what the word burial means. But seriously, what is this? Do they infuse him with enough stormlight to send him into space? That would be super cool. I would be into that. <laughs> Stupid Venley. Relaine wanted to be a radiant before it was cool. Relaine puts on airs of authority. Uh oh, Venley left her blade in the future. Doe. <laughs> so, do you want to explain chapter one of Nine Mayonnaise, Craig? Uh, sure. <laughs> oh, it's emulsifier. I get that. Um, yeah, alright, so a number of things are happening, but we have Venli starting this. Uh, she's showing off her abilities to Leshwi at this point, and Leshwi is not mad. She's excited. She says that they have forgiven us, because uh, apparently she remembers the Sprint turning their, their backs to them. Um, so she's like, this is, this is great. They, they've forgiven us. Like, she's saying, uh, you know, the words, the ideals. So um, that's pretty cool. And then Leshwi and a few of her other um, Heavenly Ones decide to help out Venli and co. protect the, the Radiance. So that's what starts happening. And then we go to Navani. Yeah, but just to be fair, they only did this so that... Uh, I mean, by they, I mean, Brandon only made Leshwi become a, a good guy because, uh, you know, setting up the... Because, you know, it would be awkward to have her be, like, evil and murdering everybody and then, you know, all the fanfic and, you know. All the all the fanfic, the numerous amount of fanfic. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh-huh. so what, what happens with Leshwi here is uh, she's like, hey, you guys, stop moving menacingly toward the unconscious radiance. Stop it. Stop. Stop it or I'll stab you. Stop it or I will stab. And then she stabs him. Mm, yeah, accurate. And then there's just a lot of stabbing of a lot of people back and forth. They should Many stabs. They should Multiple listen. stabs. So many stabs. Uh, anyway, so then we go to Navani, and she manages to bond a sibling. She, she convinces them that it's, it's me or nothing. And the sibling's like, well, I don't really want to die, so I guess you could be... That didn't happen in this chapter. Oh, th- is it not? That must be next week's chapters. Well, what, what oh, Navani no. does... <laughs> To convince the no 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 there's they bond, what Navani does okay. to convince Dave's the sibling. Dave's scaring me because I'm like I don't know the order that these chapters fall in. Okay, uh, what Navani does to convince the sibling is Navani okay. sings the anti void light tone, while I think that's next chapter though. It's somewhere in here, uh, but while touching a noodle and the siblings all like, wait a second, that helped. You can help. I didn't know wait. you could help. You're causing pain to Moash. <laughs> so I just really don't buy this whole part of the story. I just don't. I'm sorry, what? Brandon. Which, no. which the whole explain. bonding thing. I don't buy it. I don't buy that that is what would actually happen. That the sibling wouldn't bond the Vani? Because he, she, they are very anti they. the splitting of Spren. And Navani's yes. whole job is doing that. And I would just think that the sibling would find a different solution. There, There is no other to. solution at this point. Time is running out. I mean, sure, I guess. I. So There's a Moash right there. There is a Moash right there. They sort of explain that because Navani's like, you know, I, I. she admits that she made mistakes in the past, that she was splitting Spren and doing these very 
anti-spren things before she even realized what she was doing before and the idea is that not that that like they they still manage to form like navani forms a connection with the sibling despite all of this mostly through you know their shared love of of i guess technology and knowledge because that's what it seems like they start uh geeking out over but it's like they managed to find a common ground. Like that that's what this chapter, maybe the next one, because I don't remember the order. The idea is that they're trying to find this this middle point. Like Navani has, yes, done some very negative things to Spring. And if you will. the sibling <laughs> is very against like bonding with anyone and, and she they oh my gosh. They feel like um that that humans are are negative and they're just going to keep doing negative things, which we've seen the Stormfather say the same sort of thing. Um, but they're they're meeting in the middle, friend. and that's the now I, I think it is accelerated because there's a Moash right there, so maybe that feels a little unbelievable. But I, I feel like they can find the common ground. I, I mean, I also like I would say if it had, I realize there's a Moash, and we all know how everyone feels about Moash. I feel like it's too accelerated. I just really do. Okay, but yeah. as soon I mean, as they there's bond, the one thing, there's it's it, it would be one thing for the sibling to cooperate. Bonding is different. That is my well, issue. Okay, as soon as they bond, they immediately find common ground because the sibling is the tower, is a giant Fabriel. Navani freaking loves studying Fabrials. She knows as much about Fabrials as anyone on Roshar at this point. They've also, um, Brandon's actually been building toward this. It's not like all of the sudden Navani starts feeling guilty. Like, th there have been many, many chapters of Navani coming to this conclusion. Now, those chapters included the sibling kind of rejecting Navani's apologies, but maybe she's gotten through to them over the course of time. Uh, you know, she did talk to the sibling and has been having conversations with them, you know, throughout her imprisonment. So, you know, it's not like, it's not sudden, but it, it does seem a little rushed. Like, th there have been steps leading up to this point, but maybe not enough steps to be satisfying. Oh, and also, well, and I kind of wish Tori were here for this one, uh, Navani immediately throws away her imposter syndrome, at least for a minute, to to just, like, demand this bond. And it's it's a pretty great scene, and yeah, we'll have to ask Corey about it next week. I I'm think, just I saying, think she'll want to talk I felt it. it was rushed, but I will also grant that I read this when the book came out. <laughs> That's the last time I read it, but I just oh, remember someone when, didn't do their reading for the week. I, I, yeah. yeah, Craig. Hey, I read. I read. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's not I'm me. just saying right, it felt rushed to me. I understand like the pressure cooker of the situation. I just think bonding was a step too far. Like maybe there should have been an interim step of cooperation before the bonding. That's all I'm saying. Mm. All right, Craig, see, Craig, my bullet points are actually based on the cliff notes. That's why I always uh, get you guys to recap the chapters. Ah, uh, tricky. So you don't actually read any of the this whole time. All right. I've got, I've got one more counterpoint to uh, Allison's argument and then I'll be done and then we can move on. Imagine you're a reader of this book. I know it's a stretch, but imagine <laughs> that you're a reader of this book, and we go through the entire book of having introduced the sibling, having Navani in constant communication with the sibling, and then, at the end of the book, no bond. For the record, I totally called this bond 
when we were making predictions about the book, I predicted this. Yes, you did. I remember that. That was me. Yep. The sibling talked as much to Kaladin as they did to Navani. Well, the sibling talked to Dabit a lot more than anybody. Hmm, yeah. All right, Allison, would you like to refute me again, or do we want to move on? Move on. All right. For the listeners at home, Allison shook her head and sighed, and I rolled at me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, where are we? Can you scroll down? Oh, Relaine. Okay. Um, So then we go to to Relaine, because he's, you know, watching the, the battle, and... And uh, he he saw what happened to Teft, and it's like, well, we we should do something for him, but they don't really have the means or, or anything that they could do so right now. So, um, instead, they they decide to to step up and and start protecting their radiance with the uh with the with the heavenly ones and everyone. Um, oh oh, this is where he acts like Teft. That's right. He channels his inner Teft. And he starts acting like a sergeant, and he's like, you guys did Wait, this. are you saying that the ghost of Teft is still hanging around in the cognitive realm and possesses Relaine? Yes. Honestly, the thing I like about the scene is that this goes back to what happened in the last chapter, which is, like, people still, you know, they have an effect on others. There's a connection that is formed between people. Like, this, this is true for real life. This is not just in the book. In real life, you interact with other people. You, you have an effect. And... You know whether you realize it or not, and and th- this is exactly what we're seeing here. Relaine, because he's met Teft and he knew him and he was a friend, he's able to, you know, channel that ability because he knows that's what will get people to work together. All right, let's ignore everything Craig just said because I had a great idea. Uh, book five, our our spotlight character is going to be Ghost Teft. <laughs> Every chapter, <laughs> Ghost Teft. Wait, why do we have to ignore what I said just for that? We can still have that. No, we got to ignore Craig's stuff. So Would it be Mike tried better to, be to have a separate book? Point. It's like the secret Thanks, history Mike. of R- Roshar or something like that. Ghost Teft. I'm just saying we have... I don't even know if I can say that because I don't know where the spoilers are in your podcast. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na, Ghost Teft. <laughs> D- Dave knows that Kelsier survived. Okay, so I could that's, see that's a very what fun he knows Ghost we read Teft secret history. side story. Not the next one sorry mike you're wrong no book five ghost teft <laughs> just the whole book hey the yeah. next book's only 10 days so i mean it's gonna yeah, be all pretty from short, the perspective right? of ghost do we know teft. that for sure uh i don't think we know that we just know that's when the well, well we'll get to that in you know the recap in like two chapters right dave uh all right so yeah, part of um, part of elaine's plan book for a while i think yeah part of elaine's plan is get everybody out to the to the um, oath gates and have Venli use her blade because she lied about having a regular blade. So clearly she has a, a a living blade from her bond. And so he's like, Hey, you can power the, the oath gates and get us out of here. Right. And Venli's all like, no, I lied. Yeah, I know. I got that. You lied. No, I, I lied about having a blade. I, I understand that you lied about having a, a shard blade, but you have a shard blade because you're an honored or because you're a, a radiant. Right. Like, no, I lied. I just used my powers. Oh, no, we're all dead. End of chapter. End of chapter. Chapter 110. Reborneal. This was a triumph. Kaladin is a vampire, and... Next scene. (laughs) (laughs) And? (laughs) And what? Kaladin is a vampire, and here's a million (laughs) dollars. Kaladin is a vampire, and here's your very own spaceship from Skadriel. Navani Fitzgerald. 
poor Relaine. This is like that movie. 27 dresses, or three weddings and a funeral, or 12 monkeys, which adds up to 42, if you do the math. Also, the answer to the light, to, what is it, life, the universe, and everything, right? Yeah. Hey, did uh, Douglas Adams write any short stories we could do on your podcast? Yes, he did. Hmm. Like we did <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is under 300 pages. Ah, uh, I just looked it up. Ender's Game is like 350. But there is also an Ender's Game short story. I don't want to do Ender's... I know. The short story, though, not the novel. I don't know. R slash journey before destination, you bastard. Definitely no memes here. Liren made a note here. Huge shush success. <laughs> All right, so this uh, episode starts off with uh, Kaladin saying his dad is still alive. And he okay, so out his hand. So Allison, scene. <laughs> there's a game called Portal that has a song at the end of it that's called Still Alive. And a lot of what Dave wrote here is lyrics from that. Two lines. Okay. <laughs> that's a lot. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> All right. So his dad's still alive. He reaches out his hand and next scene. Uh, so Navani, she starts, you know, scatting along the jazz with the, it's the, we talked about the pure tone of uh, honor and the pure tone of cultivation and how like combine are kind of like jazz and Navani just starts scattily, scootily, boppity dappitin like just like Navani, just like <laughs> Ella Fitzgerald. <laughs> and, you know, this is, and she bonds with the, uh, with the sibling or that maybe she did bond last year. I don't know. And, uh, but it's, you know, I guess Relaine's just never going to get to become a radiant poor guy. We're, we're in Sanderlanch territory, so, like, what happens in what order doesn't really matter. It's all happening at once. Is it, don't don't we see enough. the scene where th- there's a Spren who comes and talks to Relaine? And yes. it's like, yes. I'm the one who... Well, since it happens all at once, then yes, that happens. No, it already. does happen, though. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So he's and then the friend for... and Relaine are kind of like talking and they're like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, because Ulim is like not Ulim, good Ulim. Tamper is like <laughs> <Good Ulim. laughs> that guy's spoken for. Yeah, and and then and then the weird corrupted truth spren thing, whatever that's what? called. What did you just say? Oh, I'm sorry. It's the, the weird spren that light spren. Yeah, we like Sianat on this podcast. That's true. We... Sianat is Bay. That's. Like out well, of all I don't. Unmade. I wouldn't go that far, but I trust her more than Hoyd. So that's well. Awesome. Hang on, hang on, Dave. The I thrill is horses. The thrill is horses, and we like horses. Brandon hates horses, but we like horses. Oh right. He hates all the horses. <laughs> the thrill is just like a puppy, except instead of throwing a ball, he wants you to throw a war. Uh, <laughs> oh dear. All right. Oh no. This is this is the scene where Navani bonds the sibling because. You know, journey before destination, etc. Uh, and you know, I kind of want to call out the fact that they bonded before she said the third line, but at the same time, I know that he's building up to this. Like, he's building up to this tagline. I so. mean, the first oath isn't even the one that gets you the bond. It's not. No. I it, I, get, I think it you. depends on the order. Like for wind runners, you have to say the second before you start getting these cool powers. But but. Calvin had Dalinar some powers. Dalinar had to throw down the second oath before he bonded the Stormfather. Well, that's just the Stormfather. He's stingy like that. I, Wouldn't that be the opposite of stingy, yet. though? If everyone they else has to, to do two. two oaths and he only has to do one, 
isn't that like cryptic so i don't even think you need to say an oath you just have to kind of like at some point say the oath you just have to kill your parents (laughs) (laughs) Wow. and other people who are in the room with your parents (laughs) so i'm guessing that uh craig and mike are gonna flood the discord with uh journey before destination you bastard images uh from, from here to eternity so i will definitely be doing that so you should join our <laughs> discord uh by going to patreon.com slash cast and you should maybe consider joining as a patron too because then you get cool content like i don't know maybe some cool content about movies there's that there's also joining our live recording sessions and if you're here when we're about to start and Greg hasn't showed up, shown up yet, Mike might ask you to guest on the recording just as a last minute thing. <laughs> I mean, very last minute. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then Liren, it turns out he pulls a Doc Brown and just completely goes against all of his convictions at the last second and puts on a bulletproof vest. <laughs> I mean, a shosh <laughs> Nice. Which is fun because Kaladin's Shosh brand actually, like, healed, finally. Yeah. I guess he doesn't have an identity anymore. Or maybe no, he's let go the, of a bad thing. his identity doesn't include it. So, sorry, right. Right. You know, because he's kind of, like, he's made great strides in fighting his depression as part of it. He's uh, coming to so peace with bad things that happened to him. He's, he's at peace now. He's symbolic of accepting the fact that he can't save everybody you know because he couldn't save tn because it was tn's choice yeah and so yeah he's got the he's got the war paint on him and then kaladin all of a sudden doesn't so man all those like fanboys that had their paint on their forehead they're gonna look stupid they (laughs) sure are and also they'll look dead because you know there's a civil war happening in the room that they're trying to defend (laughs) They're like, oh, what's that? What's that Shosh glyph mean? I'm like, oh, it's symbolic of our hero Kaladin. I'm like, Kaladin doesn't have a Shosh glyph. What the heck? What are you talking about? Oh, uh, you know, kind of like how Kelsier died from a spear, and Kaladin like spears, and their names both start with K. I, I don't know if I'm going anywhere with this. It's turning into that meme from Always Sunny, you know, with Kitten Charlie pens. and the pens. Oh yeah, with the diagram on all. Pepe Sylvia. Alright, uh, chapter 111. Unchained. <coughs> it's hard to overstate L's satisfaction. Still going with the portal stuff, Allison. <laughs> I don't know what L is satisfied about, but L says, don't underestimate the power of satisfaction. Alright, Downer goes to meet Ishar, Seth shadowing him. <laughs> Oh, man, that's one thing Seth does well. It's shadowing. All right. Seth's son, Ishar? But not really. He just had his dad's sword. Uh, all right, so, yeah, Dalinar goes to meet Ishar now that Kaladin is not dead. And Seth is there. And Ishar has the honor blade back. And Seth is like, that's the honor blade that my dad's supposed to have. Next scene, Relaine gets to be a radiant but radiant is spelled upside down because it's a shot and not spren it's an <laughs> enlightened mist spren u-p-s-i-d-e-d-o-w-n radiant mm-hmm. son of thorns sounds like a mistranslation of some sort so yeah apparently renarin 
it requested instead of like son of storms, somebody... son of thorns. I thought that's what they said. No, because he's the son of the Blackthorn, right? So like, I feel like they took son of the Blackthorn and it kind of got thrown into Google Translate Blender a couple times and came out as son of thorns. Makes sense. But yeah. apparently, uh, apparently, Renarin requested that uh, an enlightened Mist friend bond with Relaine. But what if Relaine wants to be a stone warden? Too bad, because he's spoken for. Next scene, what does skepping mean? Craig, I tried to look this up. I I don't know. What? Someone skepping his sword or something? I don't it even know skepping. that context. I need the quote. What? I don't even remember skepping that. Skepping his sword? I looked it up, but it's not. Is Shard does I would, this? I would love to leave Craig dangling here, but I also don't know what this means. Oh, I have no idea. I, I must have like glossed past that word. Like, yep, word goes here. Sounds good. I, so, like, I know most of the words, but when I see one I don't know, it kind of jumps out at me, and so I look it up. Listen, guys, but Dave's a I really smart an person. He knows most words. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> most English words, I should say. Are you sure it's not supposed to be skipping? Wait, wait, I'm just throwing, everybody I'm stop just talking about Cosmere stuff. Ada's on the screen with her stuffies. Hi, Ada. Hi, Ada. Hi, Ada. There's a dog and a dog and a bear? That's a hamster. <laughs> a giant hamster. So if you were a Patreon or a patron, would you be able to see this? Absolutely you would. Just join our live recordings. And hey, look, somebody is here to have seen this. It was <laughs> and, adorable. And, oh, I thought we were going to... Yeah, we did, we have a... Live viewer and Red just High got live into viewer. episodes. Look at that. It works. I feel like I'm a live viewer right now, to, just to be honest with you guys. <laughs> I mean, you you can be both. <laughs> okay. You're a viewer and a feud. But yeah, apparently Ada just like drags giant the size of her stuffed animals around four at a time at bedtime. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it would be bedtime, right? Like eight? Yeah. I don't know how she gets through doorways. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so no one she knows has a what portal. skipping means. Got it. No, that, yeah, that's the takeaway from all this, definitely. Uh, Dalinar starts connecting the dots. Ishar starts stealing the dots. Oh. Nightblood to the rescue. Ishar is kind of screwy. So um, Ishar starts, like, bonding people to the ground. Yeah. And not just like sticking them with adhesion, but like actually creating connection between people in the ground. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh and then he starts I guess there is a small connection between Dalinar and Odium and he starts like strengthening the connection and starts trying to like steal the connection that he has to Stormfather. And the connection to isn't. Odium. Like Ishar wants everything that Dalinar has. He's like, Oh, that looks good. I'll take that and that and that. Yeah. And if there weren't a scary smoke sword floating around nearby, uh, it, he could have just had them. All of the yeah, things. Yeah, so Nightblood, Nightblood saves the day by severing the, the connection that Ishar is trying to use to steal everything from Dalinar. Our hero, Nightblood. There, there it is. Nightblood. There we go. Best character in Warbreaker. <laughs> and yeah, he's kind of he's kind of nuts. So he's like... He sees Dalinar coming. He's like, I knew you'd come, champion of Odium. You want to fight? He's like, no, that was like, last nah. book. I was champion last book. Come on. Keep up. <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, he's kind of nuts there. He does think that he's the almighty. Hey, like, hold he on. He thinks that he is honor. 
Dalinar is not Odium's champion. He was just honored to be nominated. Odium to be nominated. Also that, yes. All right. Uh, Nivani Voltron. Get to work, Cal. So Kaladin's like, after he gets his shard plate, he's like, I gotta go rescue Nivani. And Nivani uses her Voltron powers to talk to him. And she tells him that he needs to go to the atrium. And he's like, all right, on my way. He's going the wrong Next way. Scene. He was going Nivani, the wrong way. Nivani <laughs> turned the intercom back on and then used it. That's all that happened there. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say I don't understand the now. I don't understand the refer- or the reference to Voltron in this particular scene. Uh, okay, so oh. Dave has had this theory, and I love it, and I want it to be true, and I hope it's true uh, that Erythiru, uh and by way of the sibling and a bond to a bondsmith, will become a giant robot building that gets okay. to fist fight Thunder Class. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I like it. I like it. Yes. Yeah. I really want <laughs> this to be true. Come this on, is Brandon. A fun theory. I know you listen. <laughs> Think of the merchandising, Brandon. Come on. Brandon, I know you listen and you could definitely afford to be a patron. <laughs> kick kick us some of those bucks, my friend. And also, Urithiru Voltron, do it. You know you want to. But now like he can't do it because we've talked about it. I think we just ruined Oh no <laughs> Well just maybe Brandon doesn't listen and then we're okay. So What's what are the odds of that, Craig? <laughs> oh he one hundred percent listens. How about this? Peter Alstrom listens. And Does he, he really can very, very carefully send this idea Brandon's way without needing to give us credit or put <laughs> us into lawsuit situation, which we wouldn't do. We would not sue you, Brandon, for taking this great idea and using it. This we is promise. Legally binding. We are giving up the rights to this idea. Yes. Wait, it was to Brandon idea. Sanderson only. <laughs> Dave's like, no, no, I don't want to give up rights to this idea. This is an I'll amazing just, idea. I should get paid for it. Twenty bucks, Brandon. You can have it. Okay. Yes. You you can lease the rights to this idea from all of us. <laughs> not me. Right. I'm just finding out about it. I waive all my rights. Next scene. Stormfather hates everyone, except this one guy. The combination of Seth and Nightblood is particularly amazing. So, Did Stormfather tell a joke? Well, yeah, but then there's also, like, <laughs> Dalinar's like, you're not really fond of anybody. And Stormfather's like, oh, there's this one guy that I, that I didn't find completely obnoxious. He dead, though. That was a long time ago. Um... Uh, Alright, next scene. Aiden almost dies. I told you he was gonna die, you guys. Yeah, but And he would have died if Kaladin didn't show up with his magic transporting shard blade at the last second. If Kaladin didn't Kaladin all over this book. Hey, so cool thing here. The just the chest plate gave this dude super strength for a minute. Did you guys catch that? Mm-hmm. No, this scene is awesome. It's like Didn't he have a gauntlet? No, Aiden had the chest plate because he was get he was about to get stabbed in the chest. And then he's able to, like, kick the, was it, it was one of the pursuer's soldiers, right? Right. Yeah. So just, like, a regular form of power. Oh, a storm form guy. Yeah, they're all storm form guys. So they have some strength, but they're not, like, ridiculous or anything. But, yeah, he was able to kick one, like, across the room with just a test, uh, just a living shard plate chest plate. So I got to say that this is one of my very favorite scenes in this book where the, the shard plate is, like, zooming all around the room. Yeah. 
encasing all these different people, and I want to see this on screen. In an animated form, I hope. Yeah, 100%. Because I don't see how you could do this with, like, live action. Like, no, make it anime. We've already established that the Stormlight Archive is Roger Rabbit rules. Or just pure anime. Uh, But the scene that I want to see is still... uh, Oh, Mistborn anime. Is still Kaladin and... um, What's-his-face talking while Renarin is in the background learning his shard plate and jumping off the roof a bunch of times. Zahil? <laughs> Thank you, Zahil. Zahil. Zavasher. Oh, Vasher. Dave. All right, next scene. I, not is to be mean, Lashery's Dave. Friend? Could I just say something about Vasher to you? Yeah. Why did it take so long for, uh, for you to figure out? Because he wanted me to win the bet. Because... That's all. <laughs> because, like... I don't assume that anyone needs to bring Nightblood onto the planet. Nightblood just goes where he wants. So uh, my question is, he is laying in bed and thinking about how there's a voice that's not there anymore. And he makes all these weird color jokes. So I'm just wondering. Yeah, I didn't think future, anyone... Future might in cut In defense this. of Dave, <laughs> I also didn't pick up on it until I happened to read the Reddit. <laughs> and they were talking about it after Oathbringer. And I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, or, or maybe it was afterwards or I don't know. But also, it's it's really obvious in retrospect, like doing a reread, anytime Zaheel pops up, I'm like, wow, there's just so many clues, and I missed all of them. I will Although, say I missed the whole thing with a certain character in Tess, or Tress. I totally missed it. I'm with you guys on that. So, Well, we didn't read it yet, so. Is that a sandstorm thing? <laughs> I yes. guess Dave will figure it out. <laughs> That's why I said a certain character. <laughs> I was out. very careful. I don't even know who Tress McNeil is. You mean the voice of Babs Bunny? Yeah. Yes, we That's do. That's what I mean. Oh, okay. Oh, Tress you Mc- mean the voice of Dot Warner? Tress McNeil and the Emerald Sea by Brandon <laughs> Tess. Mc- All right, Tress McNeil is like. I am not helping actress. you guys stay on topic. I am so sorry. <laughs> as long as Steve's good to go in 20 minutes. Okay. Have I talked about Tress McNeil as a good thing before? I don't even know I what that is. I don't yes. think so. No, I don't think you have. I have mentioned her before because I think I wanted Tress McNeil. She's like her, one of her characters from Futurama reminded me of somebody at some point, like the midwife from Kif's Planet. I don't, I don't remember. All right. So Leshwe's friend was. Oh, she has a voice of mom too, and Tinny Tim. Leshwe- she does like. A ton of voices on Futurama. Leshwee's mom, go on. Leshwee's friend was one of the old honors friends that is almost certainly a dead eyes now. Yeah. But then we see an honor friend. We there's actually someone she says the name of this friend and someone she's like, Tell Honor Sprint Joe I said hi and then I think later on someone mentions the name Honor Sprint Joe. Uh so uh, Moash is kinda like Dorian Gray in that his name is Dorian Gray. <laughs> I don't think that's his name, but he's kind of like, so like Odium holding onto all of his emotions is kind of like how the picture of Dorian Gray holds all of the like consequences of his evil deeds. I like it. Yeah. So, you know, he's kind of like impervious as long as he doesn't have to face the consequences of his actions, but then he's just like completely crippled when he's faced with them. So his one weakness is uh, being exposed to Tower Light, which apparently blocks Odium's ability to block his emotions and guilt. So, so in a weird way, the Tower Light is almost acting like an anti 
void light, but not not not. I don't want to say anti void light so much as like anti odium. Oh no 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 no. Okay, yes, thank you, Craig. That's what was actually going on there. The tower light isn't relevant. Navani's still anti void light singing to flush the void light from from the sibling. Yeah. Okay, that works. That's what I said. <laughs> Navani Fitzgerald. Yeah, that's a bullet point. All right. Next chapter. Yeah. 112 terms what greater war so l mentions the greater war uh that's world war three so like world war one was the great war no it's it's world's war world war two world war two got a different subtitle and then world war three you know for the third one they usually like to make it much more like the first one because the first one was the most successful so they just basically rehash the first one but make the stakes bigger like the second death star (laughs) Is it fully functional though? So World War Three is the and greater war. In multiple techniques. So what you're saying it's like, kind of like Alien, how the second movie was called Aliens, like it had a completely different title. Yeah. But then when they went and made the third one, they just went back to the original title and added three at the end. Yeah, exactly. Mm, okay. And like how uh, the Fast and the Furious became Tokyo Drift after Too Fast, Too Furious, but way before the Fast and the Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Which I have still not seen. I stopped at four. I never even got to The Rock being part of the series. I've only seen two of the movies. Wait, you mean the Numuhuku Makiaki Ayalunamore was in? Yeah, yep. Dwayne the Numuhuku Makiaki Ayalunamore Johnson was in, was in the Fast and Furious movies, starting with five, and so far ending with Hobbs and Shaw. Okay, so uh, 45 minutes. <laughs> Good news, everyone. Doodle oot. Oh, yeah. Alright. Odium fears men that will not obey him. Dalinar finally has two sons. <laughs> I knew you were gonna point credit. that out. I knew it. Sephandrius <laughs> is trying to take credit for Wit's contract. Odium can unfuse the fused, but Dalinar cannot agree to less. I sure hope that Odium's champion is an Ishar. If Odium wins, he gets free of the Rosharan system. I don't think Hoyt is going to like those terms. Odium wants Dalinar to be his silver surfer. This deal will work out for the good of all of us, except the ones who are Teft. Portal. <laughs> this book is taking forever. I feel like we'll never finish it. <laughs> all right. That's a legit bullet point. <laughs> all right, Craig. Oh, Dorian Gray. All right, cool. This is where we finally get Odium having a... Uh, uh, not quite. We gotta check the horror tent first. Is that this chapter? Oh gosh, that's this uh, I chapter. I think it was before when I. It may have been before. No, I think it was before. I think that's was. Yeah, was yeah, that, that was the previous friend. chapter. So yeah, um, they're making they're making spren. This, this is like straight out of Undertale. That scene from Undertale where they make spren. They're not making spren. They're pulling them from the cognitive realm into the physical realm. And aren't they dissecting them? Well, yeah, I saw Ishar and the Spren see. in the closet, and the Spren looked at me, and they were making Spren. Because Stormfather the recognizes order. the Spren, so they're not just random, you know, Honor Spren or whatever. They are legit right, people. Because I think that's I think that's where maybe the Stormfather mentions uh, Honor Spren Joe. Yeah, Honor Spren Joe. So, yeah. We hardly need... Anyway, we're not talking about that. We're talking about this, where uh, Downer flies back to try to get word of what's happening with the tower, and then he gets pulled into a vision with Odium, saying, all right, I'm ready to talk terms. You guys got the tower back, so I guess it's time. 
and they go there's a lot of back and forth which i have bullet pointed but i don't remember off the top of my head but basically uh dalinar's like here are the terms and odium's like ah hoid and then he's like no can't agree because i can't hope, control hold the up hold up hold up who's hoid Wit. what are we talking about ah Stephandrius. Nope. Ah. there we go <laughs> you know one of those names um so he's like ah hoid the wanderer yeah or traveler so he oh, can't agree to there. the first terms, and then Dalinar's like, yeah, I could tell that, like, he could tell that Race wants something here. Like, he's he's acting sort of weird. He clearly needs to come to an agreement, and while the Oath Pack is just, like, dead, he's still bound to the system. So Dalinar does have some power here, and he's like, well, guess we can't get an agreement. I'll just walk away. And Odium's like, no, wait... And they go back and forth a bit until they finally got the final agreement, which I have bullet pointed. Uh, let me check my bullet points. Before okay. you get to that, as a negotiation tactic, the ability to walk away is one of the strongest you can have. Yes, absolutely true. If you guys are like looking for car shopping or something uh, where we have to talk to stupid salespeople for it, walk away. At, I had at that, least, except I, I wasn't trying to negotiate. I legitimately just wanted to walk away. So uh, I did. I did both. <laughs> last last time we went car shopping, I I did both. Uh, quick story time. When when I got not my current car, um, but my previous one, I, I did the same thing. Like I went to a person here near where I live, and I got a really good deal online from a completely different place in Maryland, which is like a state over. So I'm like. You you honor this deal like this Not price. You overstated this this price this deal, uh, and, and I'll get the car. And they were they were like against it, and they were trying so hard. So I'm like, well, guess I'm gonna walk away. I walk away. They called me for like a straight week, trying to give me more and more things in the car, and they legit eventually gave me like a better offer for a car, but I already accepted the other one by then. So they 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 took way too long, but it works, guys. It works. Also, I hate going car shopping so i don't recommend it but it's it's the worst they do so much shady nonsense and i hate it uh they but let's sit at the desk so, for an hour so he, here are the terms <laughs> if you i go, may they Mike, go afk and make you sit there <laughs> that that that's a weird tactic that they do in in like a lot of things okay here here are the terms final terms are these a contest contest of champions to the death on the 10th day of the month of Pala, 10th hour we each send a willing champion allowed to meet at the top of Rethoru, otherwise unharmed by other uh, either side's forces. If I win that contest, uh, so this is this is Dalinar saying it. So if Dalinar wins that contest, he will remain. You will remain bound to the system. Odium will remain bound, but you will return Alethkar and Herdes to me with all of the occupants intact. You will vow to cease hostilities and maintain the peace, not working against my allies or other kingdoms in any way. Odium says, agreed, but if I win, I keep everything I've won, including your homeland. I still remain bound to the system and will cease hostilities, as you said above, but I will have your soul to serve me, immortal. Will you do this? Because I agree to these terms. Um, also, Odium is personally bound, but he's no longer, like, people that work for him are no longer bound to the system, so he can send people out. Oh, did you catch that loophole? That wasn't a loophole, it. that was part of the terms. Like, he explicitly states that if he wins, he wants Dalinar to serve him to go out and and mm -hmm. be his he high priest silver surfer. Yep. guy. His silver surfer, yes, as Dave said. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what happens. And then he's like, deal. And then he's like, deal. And they made a deal, and there was a deal. 
And that's the end of this week's chapter. So we could talk about Horror Tent for a couple minutes. Oh god, you want it? Okay, go for it. Well, Mike brought it up. Uh, so Ishar's scary, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Ishar's kind of scary. Like, he brought... If he's Odium's champion, and like, he, if he did take some of that connection that Dalinar had to Odium, then Odium might actually... That might give Odium an in to have Ishar be his champion. Well, so so the uh, connection at Dalinar... Pretty, pretty scary. The connection Dalinar has with Odium is, like, essentially a, a rival or antagonist. It's a... Well, don't all humans have connection to Odium? Yes, well, but not enough for Odium to do anything with it in the most cases. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, this one is explicit um, of being against Odium. That's that's what his connection is. And as the champion of the other side. Well, that may not be entirely accurate because Odium did spend most of Dalinar's life grooming him to be his champion. So there's there's some non-adversarial connection there as well. Hmm. But wouldn't you say that if we're going with the whole, so I'm agreeing with Mike, but what I'm saying is if we're going with the whole idea that Odium has some kind of connection with all of humanity, wouldn't that go for all the shards? Yes. Or at least the shards uh, on the planets that the people are from. Well, I would even say that. So like, I wouldn't say that Rosharans are going to have a connection to Harmony, for instance. And and Skadrions were made by preservation and ruins so they wouldn't have any connection to any other shards and in fact felt i think because he doesn't have a connection with uh cultivation is why he couldn't get old magic yeah old magic. <laughs> wait who's felt is he a con i was more no. no i was just more thinking like as a human don't you experience passion? Don't you experience the desire to create? Don't you experience the desire to preserve? Don't you? I mean, that's more. What yes, I, because all humans. Okay, so the the first humans in the Cosmere were created by Adenalsium. Right. Some of them, some of those Adenalsium humans, spread throughout the different planets. In some cases, such as Scadrial, they created new humans right. based that. on basically blueprints from the Adenalsium humans. So. Yes, humans all have aspects of Adenalsium, which is then all the 16 shards, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they have a connection to each individual shard in any okay. way that matters, okay. unless they're from that from the appropriate world. Okay. Also, keep in mind that everything comes down to intent. <clears throat> so, you know, people can experience a different range of emotions, which are mimicked by certain shards, but the shards themselves are actually... Their, their intent, that, that's their thing, their certain intent. And people have to have the certain intent to actually have a real connection with that shard. They can't just like, oh, I have this passion and emotion, I guess I'm part of Odium. Like, you have to legit want to experience that and know you have to have the intent to do so, to have that connection. Okay. I don't, uh, I don't and know then if I'm clear with that. <laughs> so. Back to the horror tent. Uh <laughs> So I believe Ishar, using yet more Bondsmith powers that Dalinar hasn't figured out yet. Good God, Dalinar, you got to get better at this, man. Come on. Yeah, <sighs> let's. I mean, aside, the Stormfather Storm is not exactly helping. helping. I, he I'm is just not. Saying. That's true. Well, he doesn't. A lot of it is this is a Bondsmith unchained. So there's only so much that uh, Dalinar's going to get. He he won't necessarily be able to mimic a lot of the stuff that uh, Ishar is doing right. but so, and we've even seen a lot of the stuff that Dalinar wants to do he can't because Stormfather all right counterpoint Craig yeah. 
Uh, Dalinar swore to unite instead of divide. He can unite people with the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so how cool are these abilities, though? Like, when I... Honestly, the first time I read this chapter, even now a little bit, I got chills. Like, there is... I, I had no idea the exact bounds of what connection was and what it could do. And then Ishar's just doing this stuff, and I'm like, holy crap, this this is yep. overpowered a little bit. And he starts out 1v5-ing five Windrunners. Oh, he's average among the, yeah. the Heralds, Mike. Yes, and, and he, he is an even three out of five. This on, is on the and martial ability, but he also has like more powerful powers, arguably. He and his four brothers are all the third strongest mole. This is Vasher all over again, where he was only you know mediocre among the five scholars, and it's like, well, if you're clever, you find tricks. Yeah. So Ishar got his ten thousand hours in about five millennia ago, in in sword fighting a bunch of people with with magical powers at the same time yeah just as a quick reminder Vasher's like what 400 years old maybe something like that and the heralds are so not as old as the heralds are 4,000 plus years old uh i think it's like 4,500 plus however long they were doing desolations plus however long their lives were before the uh oath pact yep they old so Whatever, whatever amount of time that adds up to. Anyway, Ishar, using crazy Bondsmith powers, was like dragging the entirety of Spren into the physical realm, which Spren don't cross over into the physical realm. Most of them does, or some of them does, when they come into the physical realm. But never all of them. And so, like, they had to spontaneously create bodies, which things like the cryptics weren't built for, because it's just mm-hmm. a cloak and patterns a symbol head maybe they're trying to turn him into like human form so that it's kind of like the awakening thing where if you make <clears> something <throat> that's already kind of human shaped like a shirt it's easier to form into it well, well, what, what they're doing is just straight messed up though because they're yeah. Yeah, they're doing experiments like get out of here now but uh that's like what I'm, said, gonna are they di- I'm gonna get out of here now they're dissecting right. Right. Well, bye dave they're cutting Have them up episode, and on that note everybody. bye dave <laughs> Dave's gone, play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. Allison, you were trying to say something I couldn't hear. (laughs) I said they're actually dissecting them, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know if it was happening during them being alive or it's just like oh they live for five minutes let's see how they work on the inside yeah apparently the honor spren was like lasted for 15 minutes and everybody else was like lasted for three seconds okay and then died i might have missed that but it's been two years (laughs) all right so what was ishar trying to do by dragging spren into the physical realm i don't know maybe he's trying to create a spren of himself so it's it seems like his ultimate goal appears to be the same as the other heralds, which is either they want out of the oath pack or they want out of the system. They just they just want to be able to leave. But I don't know how pulling Spren into the physical realm like that is is supposed to go towards that goal. He's also messed up in the head. Despite anything they say, dude is crazy. Yes, we get a moment after Nightblood like breaks his force bond with 
trying to steal Dalinar's bonds. He gets a moment of what seems like lucidity, but, I mean, I don't know, man. Do you think he could be playing tricks? Uh, well, I think we've well established that we do not trust Ishar. Yeah. I put it... So next week, or maybe in the overview, we have to induct Dave into the sus Ishar club, whatever, whatever. We talked about it with him a bit. Yeah, I don't think yeah, he does just this just confirms that like this doesn't we talked we might have talked but this is legit like yo this is how messed up he is and and dude cannot be trusted so i think uh, i think we hinted before i just think he's a sociopath like i don't i think he's completely divorced from reality and all he thinks about is just he doesn't care about hurting anybody he's just like hey i have my little kingdom and blah 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 and i don't think he i don't i don't think he necessarily has a so so you don't think a he's logical going for it logical plan i don't think he has a plan. okay so there are but that's there are two sort of personalities for ishar that we've that we've seen we've got crazy god king doing spren experiments stealing stealing bonds from dalinar ishar and then we have seemingly lucid trying to be helpful ishar which i think is the ishar that the other heralds have seen and the only one they've seen and they haven't seen the other one mm. but even even the lucid one was giving very bad advice to, for instance, Nail. Mm, yeah. Right, right. But that's why I'm saying, like, so sociopaths can seem logical and helpful. It doesn't mean that what they're doing is actually logical or helpful. Does that make sense? But they can well, put yeah. on a facade for a minute. I'm so anyway, uh, I don't trust Ishar in any any variety of Ishar, any palette swap of Ishar. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think I trust any of the heralds, to be perfectly honest. And I'm now kind of wondering. So, Zeth has now told Dalinar about his his quest, like what he wants to do next. Yep. And Isn't I'm now kind of wondering if cleansing? like Zeth yeah. is just going to get to Shinovar and it's already going to be gone. Okay, so so we get some information in in these chapters. But apparently Shinovar is taken over by at least one unmade. And and we know they've taken swords and everything, a la what Ishar said. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's I, A part of me is thinking it's going to be sort of like a, a redemption sort of thing, where sh like Seth's going to go to cleanse Shinovar, but in reality what he's going to end up doing is deal with the unmade and maybe making peace with the elders and the other Shin. Yeah, now that I think about it, it kind of has to be that, because... Okay, so we started with Zeth as this, like, very high-tier antagonist, you know, king assassin. Yep. Um, but at no point was he making his own decisions, he was following orders, so he's got that at least little buffer between him and true villainy. And then in these later books, we get, you know, some more effort on his part to try to be on team good guy, right? Yep. So having him like just go to his homeland and murder everyone isn't gonna keep him on keep the readers on his side. I would think. This is an anime. I would hope so. <laughs> I hope they would not be on his side. <laughs> I mean, on okay. On the one hand, yes, murdering everyone is bad. But on the other hand, he's a sweet ninja with a kick-ass giant magic sword who can fly. He has cool so... shadow. Can he still fly, though? When he moves fast. Uh, yeah, he can. Never mind. Yeah. I, and when he moves fast, he has, like, this weird, like, shadow echo of himself. That looks, in a video game, that cool. 
Yeah. So does his. All right, you know friend... what? I take it back. Zeth can Zeth can just go murder everyone. It's fine. <laughs> what? Wait, because <laughs> it looks cool. Because <laughs> it looks cool. His look cool. His friend. Do we know? Besides Nightblood, I guess you could call a friend sort of. Um, he has, he has a high friend. Yeah. Do we know his friend? We, we We've kn- seen it a couple of times. I don't think it has a name. Doesn't we don't know it, its name, uh, but it has spoken in book. Yeah. Does it He's turn like, oh. into a sword yet? No. No. I don't think I don't think for uh because the skybreakers don't really form their bond with the sprint until like the third ideal. I think sword comes with the fourth ideal. So essentially once Zeth goes to, to cleanse Shinovar, he's probably going to get a sword then. Not that he needs it. He already has the best sword. Yeah, yeah, no. But do you really want to use Nightblood? I mean, I yes. I like his voice, but <laughs> he's going to suck all your investiture. Oh, bring this, a lot of Stormlight. Have it down or nearby. Just open a port. We're good. Just... Oh, dear. Okay. Like, like in this in this chapter, like Stormfather gets mad because uh, Seth sticks Nightblood in the perpendicularity to close it. And and the Stormfire's like, Arr. he just gets angry. <laughs> and Dalinar's like, did he break the spiritual realm? And Stormfather's like, no, it's, stupid. It, it's a valid question. Whenever Nightblood's involved, <laughs> did yeah, you think, break this? Yes. Yes. <laughs> now, and we haven't even gotten to Nightblood's best thing yet in the book. Oh, well, that's next week. Yeah, we still have another another important thing to happen. I'm looking forward to that talk, but that that is next week. Um, so yeah. it can't be after next week because we're ending the book next week. Exactly. I I thought it was earlier. I didn't realize it was like at the very end because there's still we still have um, Teravangian's going to kill Odia uh, race, so that happens next week. Yep. And then we also have the scene where Teravangian talks with Wit, and, and I Wit, felt like uh, there was a he loses his memory. That's in the epilogue. Yeah, that's in the epilogue. I thought there were more chapters between those two things. Guys, like, my wow. friends a couple of chapters. just showed up. Oh, all right. Bye, Red. Bye, Allison. Um, yeah. I will just... Number one son is answering the door. I hope your fans don't hate me for joining you. Thank you so much. Listen to Wordless. Bye. Bye, Allison. Stop your recording. <laughs> Please don't send me a five-hour recording of an hour and 20-minute episode. Well, she disconnected. Um. Okay. But yeah, Nightblood, I still don't know what's up with, with Nightblood. Like, how... How sort of scary he is. We see things because he's able to sever connection. Essentially, he's able it's, to sever connection. It's the destroy Dawn Shard. I am telling you, there is no other explanation. I don't think he's a Dawn Shard. I, I could believe the Dawn Shard was used in making Nightblood, but I don't think it is the Dawn Shard. I think it is. I think that's the only thing that explains how Nightblood is what Nightblood is. Because okay. we see we see another sword that should be basically nightblood light and it isn't it's not scary yeah it's just basically a regular shard blade that can't be dismissed and summoned so so here's the line we have drawn so fans in 10 years when we actually find out the truth you can tell us either mike's right or or i'm right there is no other it's one or or the other (laughs) all right well i have i have staked my claim on many a theory so if I'm wrong with this one, it's just one more on the pile. Man, I have a lot of bullet points for this week because there's a lot that happened, but I don't think there's anything I necessarily need to talk about. You know, I, I did cool things like Journey Before Destination, you bastard. Um, yeah. 
Navani geeking out, which, by the way, I love that whole thing where when she really starts connecting with sibling and they're like, oh, oh yeah, no, sibling, siblings like trying to explain this as though to a novice of like, hey, listen, I am the tower. I function as a single giant fabrial. And here's how that works. Here's like the very beginner things. And, and Navani's like, no, 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 I get it. it. So here's how the ducts work. And then there's the heating system and air pressure. That's cool. And then just floor by floor by floor. It's so cool. Like the, the, this like, is what I love about this book is the journey of Navani and actually realizing that she is intelligent. She is essentially a scholar by this book, you know? She sells I mean, herself sword because of freaking Gavilar. Between her own work and the likely many people who have died worldwide as a result of this whole conflict, I'm willing to bet that she is the number one Fabriel scholar on Roshar at this point. I think that's fair. Like, I'm willing to bet that there Absolutely. were maybe half a dozen people before all of this started that had more expertise than her, but like between her working and learning more stuff in the inter excuse me, in the intervening time and them probably getting murdered. I, w I would say that she's she has taken the number one spot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm really curious what's going to happen next book. Uh, we have well, two Bondsmiths time. Now. We have two Bondsmiths, and Navani's able to have a good... Like, the sibling knows, it definitely was aware of what was happening back uh, before the Recreants. Like, the sibling has some information that we probably want our characters to know. And I want to know. I, I just... Oh, yeah. And and the sibling, now that there's a bond in place, seems a little more on board with sharing information than the Stormfather. Storm you know, I sort of like that Stormfather's like this, though. It, it's sort of it's it's weirdly lovable in a sense that, like, I don't think the Stormfather even realizes that he's holding withholding information. It's just sort of it's just what he does. Why didn't you tell me this? You didn't ask. <laughs> yes, we did. We asked you that specifically. We worded it this exact way. Ah, why are you a storm? <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I don't think there's anything we need to talk about. We actually covered a lot. Okay, and yeah, we've got end of the book next week. We've got full book wrap up the week after, so we need to get castless. Wait, oh gosh. I'm not ready and for that. Cast list and book uh, book rankings. Got to do that too. I'm wondering if I should include Tress in my rankings. I shouldn't. We don't do that, but I want to. No, that's not fair. Maybe, maybe for yeah. spoiler time, you could be like, that. you could just leave a spot and then people will be like, huh, that's weird. You're like, there's an unknown book that goes here. Continue on, guys. Oh, remember that time when you had like an extra number in your rankings? <laughs> because you listed something twice and we couldn't figure it out until we got there. <laughs> that was good. That was fun. Uh, yep. All right. Let's, yeah. We'll we'll clean this up next week when Tori is back, hopefully. And she can give us her own takes on the on the horror tent. And we can talk about uh, Teravodium. Oh, yeah. And how uh, we've got the scariest character in the Cosmere now. If... Honestly, if Dave didn't have to go, um, I think the bullet points I had this week, like he could, we're at the point where for the most part, we don't need a spoiler time. Yeah, we, there are only two books at the moment that exist that Dave hasn't read. Yeah, this is There's weird. There's about to be a third one in about a month and a week, but. 
the, the, a lot yeah. of it's going to be where he can be included in spoiler time um, unless we have something strictly about what's going to happen, which doesn't usually be the case. Most of my bullet points and everything, um, they're about... Oh, Dave has not read uh, Tress or The Lost Metal. Yeah, most of my bullet points are about Cosmere stuff, like how the Cosmere operates and stuff, which isn't necessarily yeah. a spoiler for anything that he has to read now. I mean, we can't talk Aethers with him just because Brandon waited forever to include that key portion of the Cosmere. Also, I don't fully understand them. Uh, I... Oh, actually, you should listen to the episode of Wordless that I just recorded with Allison. When that comes out, I'll link it. Uh, because I have some thoughts about how silver functions in the Cosmere. Okay, sounds good. Because that's relevant to Shadows for Silence, and then we got more information on it in Tress. Cool. So so there you go, you should check that out. But I think for now, I think we're done. I think we've done an episode. All right. Hey, we don't have Tori so. keeping us for too long, right, right, Mike? Yeah, yeah, Tori is the <laughs> one who does that. All right, bye, everybody. Bye, Internet. Oh, wait, good night, Internet. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.